0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, free agency off and running. And there was much tampering happening, uh, illegal tampering most likely, happening behind the scenes. Because there were some deals that were worked out very quickly once the window did open Monday. And we have action for the 49ers. We had action going on over the weekend. We had some weird FaceTime uh, party maybe going on with the 49ers front office. Including ownership and GM John Lynch and some tweets. And that was a lot of fun. And that resulted in Kyle Juszczyk signing Sunday before this whole thing began. And the 49ers continuing to be active in free agency with uh, one big free agent still looming out there in Trent Williams. We'll talk about all the action to start free agency that happened Monday through to the afternoon to where we're recording this podcast. So anything that happened after 4 p.m. Pacific time, we'll get into that tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday. And we're covering the 49ers every day here all throughout the offseason. We've got NFL draft and we've got trades and we're having fun. Some teams having more fun than others. Surprisingly, the Patriots, one of those teams, maybe uh, the party for Bill Belichick instead of Saturday night when the 49ers front office was partying. Maybe Bill Belichick's got the the bottle of scotch cracked open to start his week Monday because they are the most active team, surprisingly, and have even stolen away one of the 49ers free agents. So we'll get into all that at BD Peacock on Twitter. Hit me up there if you have any questions about what's going on. I will try to get to some questions on today's show as well, along with how the 49ers are building this thing for 2021. I mentioned the Patriots. Let's start there with the bad news of the 49ers losing one of their own. Free agent wide receiver Kendrick Bourne is now a member of the New England Patriots. And this one's somewhat surprising. Like, I don't think the 49ers should have gone to this level, and that's why he's no longer going to be a 49er. Kendrick Bourne talks about how... He'd like to come back, but he's not going to sacrifice money. And I think that's smart for Kendrick Bourne, who is an undrafted free agent. As far as NFL players goes, has played for peanuts so far in his NFL career. If a team's going to pay him near starting salary, which looks like what he got to be paid somewhat of a number two receiver in New England, three years, 22 and a half million dollars, seven and a half million dollars annually for Kendrick Bourne. I did not think he was going to be thought of at that level. And apparently there was probably enough interest and maybe all it took was three teams. The 49ers, I'm sure, involved to a certain point. I don't know. I mean, half that is maybe where I think Kendrick Bourne should have been if the 49ers were trying to bring him back. I saw a number of maybe $5 million out there for Kendrick Bourne, which felt a little high for me. I thought he was going to be a second or third wave free agent. I thought he was going to be available for a while. Turns out maybe there's more interest. Maybe I've been sleeping on Kendrick Bourne. Seven and a half million per year. That one is somewhat... Shocking to the New England Patriots. The Jets probably were involved at least a little bit, I would imagine, there. They have the need, and uh, they are familiar with Kendrick Bourne. Really a perfect fit for the New England Patriots, right? And I think Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan, to a certain degree, see see eye to eye when it comes to wide receivers, and they're looking at that three cone, and they want shifty receivers that can get open underneath. And Kendrick Bourne fits that. He gets open and catches the ball. Maybe won't give you a lot of flash, but it brings energy. And... (laughs) To be honest with you, I think New England media might not love Kendrick Bourne and the dancing and the antics if he drops a pass or maybe they start losing some games or maybe he doesn't play to the level of what he's getting paid the way he likes to have fun. I think that could rub some people the wrong way, just knowing how that market is over there. It happened a little bit with the San Francisco 49ers, but not in the media and just a couple of fans. you know uh didn't like (laughs) dancing I guess and having fun but um fans will turn on you quickly you drop a couple passes and it's like you better not pretend you're having fun out there playing football but Kendrick Bourne enjoys playing the game and he will now be playing it for the New England Patriots three years 22 and a half million dollars the Patriots going nuts let's go through the Patriots day so far On Monday, and again, this is just day one of negotiations. The Patriots have a lot of space. I think they were the fourth most cap space coming into this free agent period. They have signed Kendrick Bourne on a deal that I feel like is a little high. They have signed Matt Judon. Four years, $56 million for the pass rusher from the Baltimore Ravens. That one doesn't surprise me. That's, they needed, I mean, and they needed wide receivers too, but they needed an edge presence. Their front seven was really hurting last year, and that's not something Belichick's really ever had as a bad front seven since he's been in charge. And I think part of that is just Bill Belichick looking at this and saying, man, I'm not going to lose nine games again. I'm too old. I'm 69 years old. I'm not going to do that. So really, it's never happened this way for the Patriots to be this active in free agency, and they've already on day one signed more, spent more free agent dollars than they did for the last three off seasons combined. So that's where the Patriots are right now. Uh, Another contract felt a little high, safety, corner, slot guy, Jalen Mills from the Eagles earns four years, $24 million, Nelson Aguilar, and actually, and the Bourne deal happened right after Aguilar signed two years, $16 million, which felt like a lot too. So he gets more than Bourne, but both of those feel high, Jalen Mills feels high, Tied in Jonu Smith getting four years, $50 million. Probably the second best run after catch tied in in the league after George Kittle. So I liked Smith and I like Judon to start the day. But Mills, Bourne, Aguilar, it's a lot of money that they are spending there. And, and definitely the most active team so far in free agency was the New England Patriots. And really the only free agent so far, a significant player that the 49ers have lost is Kendrick Bourne. Trent Williams still out there. Albert Breer reporting that the 49ers were willing to go to about $20 million or so for Trent Williams. Ian Rappaport said that it's going to be over $20 million for Trent Williams. That doesn't mean the 49ers are out, but it just means there's interest and he's going to get paid and he's going to get a lot of money. And we haven't seen any of those big, big money deals come in yet for the top, top free agents. There's a bunch of wide receivers out there too that could challenge. In fact, the highest dollar value so far has been a guard. Joe Tooney leaves New England. so I guess they looked at it that way. Look, we're going to not spend $16 million a year on a guard. I guess we'll uh, spend that money elsewhere instead. But uh, Joe Tooney signs with the Chargers. But Trent Williams will eclipse that easily. The Colts, the Bears checking in on him. That's a new team I haven't seen connected to Trent Williams and the Kansas City Chiefs so far. And the, I mean, the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Chiefs were the team that signed Joe Tooney for five years, $80 million. It was Corey Lindsley, the center from the Packers that went to the Chargers. So both of those teams going to the AFC West, but could they afford Tooney and Trent Williams? They need, they still have the need. They don't have any tackles yet. I don't know why they're spending that much money on guard, the Kansas City Chiefs, when they lost both of their starting tackles. They have Lucas Nying, the, the right tackle, to fill in maybe there but he opted out last year you don't really know what you have there could they spend that much money to revamp the left side of their offensive line and add Trent Williams I doubt it so it sounds to me like maybe the Colts and they could at least still bid up the 49ers though but the Colts and the Bears I think are the teams to look out for right now based on late information I still am confident that Trent Williams will end up resigning with the 49ers but Why not? Test free agency. It's only one day. See what teams are going to offer, and maybe we'll have more clarification on Trent Williams' situation, which the 49ers still can afford, and they still have the money for Trent Williams. We'll talk more about that tomorrow or the coming days when Williams does, in fact, sign with his future NFL team. Next, we will talk about an outside free agent that was a surprising name that wasn't really on my radar for the 49ers to sign in, former Rams edge rusher Samson Ibukam, and re-signing a pair of their own. March Madness is upon us, and everyone's getting involved, and you can get involved at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the college basketball tournament. Football might be over, but NBA is happening. NHL is happening. Build your brackets. Bet on any of the games happening right now. NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use your mobile device Two, if you want to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. For those 49ers fans who are on Twitter, Saturday night was a great time to be on Twitter. Sometimes Twitter can be a place that is less than inviting in certain ways, and you get trapped in arguments, and you know, this offseason, there's Become this big divide in a a pro Jimmy Garoppolo and an anti Jimmy Garoppolo tribe, and it's like that's not what is good about Twitter. I love it for breaking news. I love it for you know the wittiest tweeters out there, and that's a lot of fun. And um you know it's fun, it's a good place to have a little chat and, and and keep in touch with everything that's going on. Sometimes it can't. It, it's not as social as you wish it could be, which is pretty much uh, the downfall of all social media because you know. You're not actually face-to-face with somebody and things can get uh, off the rails. But Saturday night was fun for 49ers Twitter because there was just weirdness out there. And out of nowhere, Jed York sends a tweet that says he's so happy about his wife. And then hashtag Kyle, his coach. And hashtag Kyle was going crazy. And it was just the weirdest tweet. And it was obviously somebody had been on the sauce Saturday night. And there was some sort of a a 49ers party getting ready for free agency. And then John Lynch shoots. And I don't have these tweets up word for word because I've seen them so many times now, but uh, just paraphrasing on that York tweet and then paraphrasing now on John Lynch's tweet saying something like, "Uh, what's up faithful. Are you thirsty for some juice (laughs) or whatever it was? And obviously he knew they were going to sign Kyle Yucek, so everyone got super excited and, and was having fun with it, and indeed, Kyle Yuzcheck ended up signing or the announcement of him signing happened Sunday. It did happen the next day, and Kyle Yuzce had this to say, so incredibly thankful to be part of this organization for five more years. Thank you faithful, for the continuous support, looking forward to showing that the juice is always worth. The squeeze. So Kyle Yuschek having some fun with it as well. And then Jed York replying to that, saying, So fired up, Juice had to be the coherent FaceTime from us last night that sealed the deal. So something was definitely going on there. And a nice FaceTime between Jed York and John Lynch and Kyle Yuschek. And maybe hashtag Kyle was involved there. I don't know. But they got a deal done. Kyle Yuschek will stay with the 49ers. And he goes from being the highest paid fullback in the NFL to still being the highest paid fullback in the NFL. And the total deal doesn't tell the whole story on Kyle Juszczyk's contract. It is five years, $27 million, which when you see some of these other deals out there, it doesn't even seem like that much. And it's not because... Fullbacks just don't get paid that much. And I think that's one of the overriding factors. It's like, oh, you're paying your fullback more than any other fullback in the league. It's not a position you should be paying a lot of money for. But in the end, it's not that much money when you compare it to some other contracts around the league. In the first couple of years, the the cap number is pretty low on it. So it's looking more like it's going to be a three-year contract than the actual five-year contract that it looks like in a couple of big-dollar years at the end that will most likely be lopped off so um when you look at the numbers here and let me pull them up exactly because we do have the per year averages for this contract Kyle use he is this one uh, according to David Lombardi of the athletic 2.3 million dollars in year one three million dollars in year two six and 6.6 million in 2023 7.6 million in in 2024 and another 7.6 million in 2025 so 10 million of guarantees in that contract and those guarantees only last through the first three years of the deal so you could look at it as sort of a a three-year 14-ish million dollar contract very unlikely that he sees the last two years of that deal and depending on the cap hit which is probably not super severe maybe it's only more like a two-year contract and in that case uh, maybe even a pay cut for those first two years although he does have that the four million dollar signing bonus on it too so it's it's not too big of a deal and it's team friendly to start at least and we'll see how many years into that five-year deal that Kyle Juszczyk plays but the OW is sticking around and I know Kyle Shanahan loves having that aspect of his offense and even though Kyle Uzchek's only on the field about 50 percent of the time looking at the cap hits it's not a terrible deal even though I don't think that a fullback should have been the number one priority for the team. But I do like Kyle Juszczyk, and he is the best fullback in the league. So the 49ers have the best player at that position still on the roster, and he does help out that 49ers offense and allows Kyle Shanahan to to do things versatily with that offense, and defenses don't know what you're going to do when you put a fullback on the field. If you have a thumper, everybody knows you're trying to run the ball. With Kyle Juszczyk, you can run, you can pass, he can catch, he can he he's not super heavily involved, but you just don't know exactly what the 49ers are going to do, and I think Kyle Shanahan loves that about other Kyle use check. Hashtag Kyle. Aside from Trent Williams, I think one of the most important players for the 49ers to get a deal done with this offseason was Jason Verrett. And... They brought back Emmanuel Mosley on a two-year deal, which was important to provide some depth. He could start outside. He could be your number one nickel corner, some versatility there. I think that was a smart move by by the 49ers. But really, Jason Verrett, I think, was, after Trent Williams, the most important player for the 49ers this offseason to re-sign. And they were able to get that done. And I love this deal for both sides. One year, $5.5 million. And I think it's important for both sides because Jason Verrett maybe doesn't cash in to the level he played because he played at a much better level than what you should be getting as a cornerback for five and a half million dollars. He should be getting paid what the top corners are going to be getting. But because of his injury history, which is significant, he wasn't going to find that on the free agent market. A lot of teams with lower cap numbers this year. So he bet on himself for one more year. The Niners got a ton of value and surplus value in him last year. And will continue to, if he does stay healthy and place to that level on a one year, five and a half million dollar deal. So it makes sense for the 49ers to be able to get a starting caliber corner back at that number. And for Jason Verrett, it's a short contract. It's one year betting on yourself to stay healthy. And if he does and is able to put two fully healthy seasons together, he should be able to cash in when every team in the league is going to have extra cap space next year and then get paid. So I love this deal for both sides. I think it's going to be great for Jason Verrett if he stays healthy and obviously a bunch more excess value for the 49ers if he plays like he did last year and doesn't get hurt. And if he does get hurt, they're not breaking the bank. It's not a long-term deal. It's one year, $5.5 million for a starting caliber corner. And it's a huge bargain. This is a great deal for both sides, for Jason Verrett. And it was important for the 49ers to be able to do that, to be able to say, okay, tomorrow we can start a football game and we have two starting cornerbacks currently on the roster. Now they still need a ton of depth. I don't think Jason Verrett changes anything about their plans in the draft. If the right corner is still there at 12, I think you draft him. I think it just makes it so you're not one dimensional going into the draft thinking, man, we have to get a cornerback with our first pick. They can maybe wait, still need depth, still need to develop future starters at the position. So maybe round two, maybe round three, maybe still round one, but You're just not pinging hold into one position. The 49ers hopefully lining this up to where they can go a little best player available when they are on the clock at pick 12, whether it's quarterback, a cover guy, uh, or even a pass rusher. And the 49ers doing some work there as well. And the one outside free agent they brought in was Samson Ibukam from the Los Angeles Rams. He's listed as an outside linebacker, but he's an edge player and he's very much in the D Ford mold. And by the way, this is all. This all ties in together. They know that D Ford is not going to be able to pass a physical before April 1st. So they actually did a contract extension with D Ford, which might be surprising if you did not listen to my podcast with David Lombardi of The Athletic a few weeks ago. You can also go to TheAthletic.com and, and find his articles there explaining why it makes the most sense and saves the most cap in the short term for the 49ers to actually restructure. It's not, an, it's not an extension, it's a restructure over the next couple of years for D. Ford's contract, so he might get cut later, he might end up retiring, but he's going to stay on the roster most likely for this year, and who knows, maybe he does get healthy enough at some point beyond April 1st to be able to suit up for the 49ers and play, but essentially what the 49ers did there was save as much cap as they can, expecting that D. Ford will most likely never play for the team again, and then spend a few dollars signing the player who's going to play that rotational edge rusher role in Samson Ibukam. He's a player that hasn't lit the world on fire as far as sack production goes, but he's actually been a pretty disruptive player, and he got to Nick Mullins this past year. If you remember, he beat Mike McGlinchey for a sack, um, and I think the number one thing that Samson Ibukam brings is explore, well, two, two main things. One is just explosive athleticism. He's a freak athlete. He goes about 6'2", plus 250-ish pounds when he was coming out of the draft. By the way, he's not going to have a chance to play with his former college teammate from Eastern Washington, Kendrick Bourne, who leaves the same day that Samson Iwakam shows up. He's supremely athletic, not only for an edge guy. He's an undersized edge guy. You would expect him to be a good athlete, but he's just a good athlete, flat out, period. At MockDraftable.com, his two closest athletic comparisons, regardless of position, were Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner and Adrian Peterson. Adrian Stinking Peterson. Like, that's how athletic and freakishly this guy worked out, Samson Ibukom. So that's, that's what we're dealing with athletically for him. He doesn't play to that number necessarily, but he does display some traits that are pretty important that the 49ers defense absolutely needs so far. Need filled with the signing of Samson Ibukam for sure. Oh, and how about this? The other biggest thing, and maybe the biggest thing of all, especially if he's going to replace some of D Ford's production, is he's played all 16 games, all four years of his NFL career so far. When he was coming out of college at his pro day, he ran a four-five flat and had a 39-inch vertical at 6'2", 240 pounds, and he's a little bit bigger now than he was coming out of college, but he brings that explosive ability, and I think that's important, and that's what the 49ers want, and that's what the 49ers need, and they missed D Ford last year in that role, and you don't, at $6 million per year, it's a two-year, $12 million contract, it could be uh, he, there's some incentives he could make, make a little bit more I think thirteen and a half million is the max value of this two-year contract so it's not a massive big money deal that you might see for some edge rushers so it's perfect for the 49ers to get that sort of number three edge player the guy that can come in on third downs in that turbo package as they call it and really bring some heat off the edge and chase down faster quarterbacks he's gotten sacks on Kyler Murray, he's played really well against Lamar Jackson. And that's been one of the Achilles heels of the 49ers defense in recent years is those super athletic quarterbacks. They need that speed off the edge. Someone that can contain an athletic quarterback and Samson Ibukam can do that. So I actually really like this signing, even though he was somebody that wasn't really on my radar. It's essentially and it probably comes in a little bit cheaper than what I was talking about last week when I was previewing defensive free agents. And a player that was also in the division from the Cardinals in Hassan Reddick. Very similar profile there. And Ibukam uh, it probably comes in a little bit cheaper than what Hassan Reddick will get because Reddick's coming off a career year with 12 and a half sacks. So Ibukam can do that. He can chase down fast quarterbacks. He brings a little speed off the edge. Undersized sort of a stand-up edge rusher that can uh, be a versatile piece coming off the edge for the 49ers defense. And again, just adds to the depth and they don't the 49ers shouldn't have to feel like they have to go draft a defensive end in round one, although they still could. And they still could on day two of the draft and even beyond. So it's still a need, still need depth, still need some long-term pieces as far as pass rush goes. And you can never have too much pass rush, but Samson Ibukam really fills a role for the 49ers that they were going to need with D Ford's injury history. So I like that signing for the 49ers. It wasn't bank breaking and they still have the money that they need to sign Trent Williams how much more could the 49ers potentially do in free agency probably not a lot if they are able to bring back Trent Williams we'll get more into uh, all of these signings Trent Williams of course more news to come later in the week on that front but right now I want to get to some of your questions and some of your comments about the 49ers recent signees next The Sweetest 16 is underway at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com, find the Built Bar Madness bracket. Today's matchup, toffee almond versus mint brownie. I'm personally keeping an eye on these matchups coming up here in the Sweet 16 round of peanut butter versus coconut puff and peanut butter brownie versus coconut almond because there has been... Massive fights going on with the locked-on hosts about which flavors are being disrespected more, the peanut butter or the coconut. We'll find out, and you can vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars with promo code LOCKED15. So vote for your favorite Built Bar flavor for Built Bar Madness, and remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of built bars quick note on another outstanding free agent for the 49ers this from ralph vacchiano in new york the jets have an interest in 49ers cornerback k1 williams according to a source and it appears to be mutual the sides likely won't talk deal until after the first wave of free agency though williams is a patterson new jersey native and he's said to be a robert sala Favorite. So I think the 49ers, that's their competition is Robert Sala's New York Jets there. And if there's mutual interest, probably a pretty good chance that the 49ers do lose Williams to the New York Jets. I touched on this a little bit already, and Mike on Twitter said, I think this paves the way, talking about the Jason Verrett signing, I think this paves the way for a second, third round corner who starts in 2022. It's definitely a possibility that they could draft a, a day two corner develop him that could be a backup maybe in year one and be a full-time starter in 2022 when Jason Verrett's gone. And maybe they should do that no matter what. They should be probably drafting multiple corners. But, the, I mean, round one corner is absolutely still in play. Absolutely still in play for me because you still can't trust, trust fully that Jason Verrett will stay healthy. You need depth still. I mean, what's what are you going to do on third downs right now still? You know, it's still Mosley and Jason Verrett, and that's about it. Tim Harris still hasn't taken a snap in the NFL that I can remember. So um, absolutely still a need, uh, and and almost if, and Mike, I agree with you, they don't draft a first-round corner, then it's almost necessary. You have to draft a day-two corner. So, uh, I mean, corner is still on the board as much as it ever was, even if they didn't re-sign Jason Verrett, in my opinion. If the right guy's there and he's the best player available at 12, there's a corner, you take one, and you probably take another corner later on. In the draft. Oh, here's a good one. This note from Akash Anavarathan, who's been on the program a few times. He said, uh, This is about the pass rush win rate for Samson Ibukam compared to Kerry Hyder. So Kerry Hyder had fantastic years and saved the 49ers pass rush in a lot of ways last year. Uh, He had a pressure rate of 12.6% of his snaps rushing the passer. Samson Ibukam had a better pressure rate than that, 14.7% pressure rate for Ibukam. So uh, that's, you know, he's obviously a fantastic athlete, maybe even has more in him because we've seen what that wide nine has done for someone like Kerry Hyder. What could that wide nine do for someone like Ibukom, who has that much athleticism coming off the edge? I love it. I'm excited about it. And uh, his career pressure rate is really good, 12.7, which is right on par with what we saw from Kerry Hyder last year. So if he's giving you Kerry Hyder from 2020 pass rush numbers, maybe even there's some more. There, as he works with defensive line coach Chris Kosarek, love it. And the athleticism's there. Dependable player because he has played every single snap of his career. Love that. Uh, by the way, shout out to Niner Season, who, had, uh, who showed me the comps for him that had the Adrian Peterson comp. And by the way, if you don't remember, Adrian Peterson coming out of Oklahoma in 2007, freak of nature. I mean, that guy was a, a top five pick in the NFL draft for a reason top 6. We need to go 6 overall. I don't remember, but uh that was the days when running backs were that valuable and he was freak of freak and he was called AD cuz he's all day because uh he he was a monster. So to have that comparison as a linebacker is pretty special. Doesn't quite play to that again, but maybe there's a little bit more even. What else we got going on here? This one from Jason. He says, does the 2-year $24 million restructure mean the 49ers or Ford have hopes he could ever play again? I don't think so. It's all accounting. Maybe he still could play again, but I think it's just he has those guarantees and he can't, if he can't pass a physical in April and and he hasn't played all season long, is he going to be able to pass a physical in July a few months later when training camp starts? So if D Ford ever plays a snap in the NFL period, let alone for the 49ers, I think I would be surprised at this point. I mean, he's got chronic knee issues and now back issues on top of it. And I would guess it's heading toward retirement, but he will still be on the roster, and we'll see if he just goes straight to IR when training camp. Well, He'll be on the pup list to start training camp. He might just end up on IR all year, and then the 49ers can figure out whatever else they need to do with him accounting-wise and, and cut him next off season, or maybe he still gets cut post-June 1st, or maybe he uh, retires, but he could have a, a comeback still, and he'll be on the roster in the summer at some point. So maybe if he can pass physical and can't play, but the, restruct- or, yeah, the restructure of two years, $24 million, that's just moving money around. That has nothing to do with him being healthy and playing again for the 49ers. It's, it's probably very unlikely. Cal says, you see the 49ers addressing number three wide receiver with in-house, hoping Hurd, Taylor, Jennings can finally stay healthy, signing an affordable free agent wide receiver like Ross or even Tate or drafting a wide receiver in the middle rounds. Not sure they risk using another pick on a wide receiver. I'd opt to go at the cheap free agent route. To be honest, I think they do all those things. Maybe not. I mean, Hurd is kind of in the same boat as D. Ford. He still hasn't played a snap in the NFL. He caught those two fourth quarter preseason passes that got everybody really excited, but you can't expect to get anything from Hurd. I don't know what to expect from Jennings either as a seventh round player. Taylor's been hurt so much. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet money that you would get a single snap out of any of those guys for the 49ers in a regular season game. So you can't bank on that at all, but you bring them all to camp and see what you get. Maybe you get pleasantly surprised from one or all three of them. I think you bring an affordable free agent in. I think you have to feel pretty good about one, two, three going into this. And right now the 49ers don't have a number three to feel good about behind Debo and Brandon Ayuk. So I think you sign a free agent that's affordable and it's probably not going to be something that happens today or tomorrow. It's probably going to be a oh, second wave, third wave free agent could even be after the draft. You find out where you're at in the draft. But I think you're drafting wide receivers, too. You might draft two more. So there might be three additions on top of those names and really just let them fight it out. Let that competition in training camp net you a number three, number four, number five. There's Richie James out there. Um, and right now, Richie James, is probably the number three wide receiver for the 49ers. And we saw what he could do when he got the the workload that was supposed to go to Brandon IU in that one game last year, 180 yards receiving. So he can do a little something on offense. Uh, he would absolutely be the number three for me right now, but the 49ers need to try to upgrade that. The 49ers need to add someone who could push him as a kick returner as well. They need to push those other injured players that we had talked about, and they need a, a veteran that they can maybe try to count on a little bit. Travis Benjamin is still around as far as I know, so it's it's they're just gonna have to throw a lot of bodies at wide receiver and hope that nets a, a three four five that can produce next season that that's still a big area for need and i think i would do all of those things jake says if we sign trent would you grade the niners free agency an a plus or an a plus i'm happy yeah i think the 49ers have done a great job so far Verrett and trent taylor alone is rock solid. You throw in juice on a, on a friendly deal to start. It's not as big as the five for 27 that it looked like originally. And I know he's a fullback, but he's he, you know if it makes Kyle feel better and he's able to do whatever he wants to in his laboratory and draw up plays at his whim because he has a fullback like Kyle's use check, I think you got to trust him on that. So uh, Manuel Mosley, I love everything that's going on right now for the 49ers. Restricted free agents, Ross Dwelly and Marcel Harris. So far, so good. Uh, they tendered Daniel Brunskill. I thought Brunskill might be someone that would get that, you know, extra years like Emmanuel Mosley did. And who knows, maybe they're still working on something like that. And maybe that'll be next offseason. But Daniel Brunskill's provided a lot of value for the 49ers as, you know, a sixth man and someone that's proven he could start games at center and, and left tackle even and guard. So I like Daniel Brunskill a lot. And uh, he deserves a couple extra bucks there and, and maybe some, Long term contracts, so they know they have some, they know they have a player that can plug in and, and start some games at multiple spots. But yeah, I would give the 49ers an A so far, but that could all change with Trent Williams walking because that that trade looks a lot different if you gave up a third and a fifth for a player in a lost season. And by the way, as a 10 year veteran non quarterback, Trent Williams does not count toward the compensatory. Uh, for a third round pick. I think they can get a max fifth round compensatory pick, but you'd still be giving up a a third round pick, which is important. You should be drafting starters in the third round. So the 49ers have given up a lot for players that haven't produced that much. D. Ford cost a second plus a big contract. Emmanuel Sanders, who's still out there and available to re-sign, cost them a third and a fourth. They got back a fifth comp for him and then potentially a third and a fifth for Trent Williams for only one year. That's not the ideal way to build long-term success, to give up that many day two draft picks where you should be getting good, cheap starters for a long time. But yeah, an A for the 49ers, free agency so far, if they're able to bring Trent Williams back at a number that's not outrageous. We'll find out what that number is, whether it's the 49ers paying it or somebody else later in the week We'll have a winky Wednesday, maybe a winky Tuesday. I want to find out Nick's thoughts on free agency so far. We'll have you covered and we'll get back into the draft and maybe those trade fantasies that will no doubt resurface. Got it all covered right here. Locked on 49ers.